Hey guys, this is Ryan from My Fishing Cape Cod and happy Memorial Day weekend. Typically these podcasts, when we publish them, they're immediately available only to members of My Fishing Cape Cod. But this holiday weekend, we want to do something different and make this podcast available to the general public as soon as we publish it. Have a listen, tight lines, take care, and let me know if I can help with anything. Welcome to the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast. The My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is your local source for the latest news and information on fishing Cape Cod. Now, here's your host, Kevin Collins. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast presented by Cape and Islands Mitsubishi and Cape Codder Boats. I'm your host, Kevin Collins, back with you for our last May episode of the 2023 season. The month has flown right by and we are headed right into beautiful Memorial Day weekend. The weather looks fantastic. It looks like the wind is going to lay down and let a lot of folks get out on the water, which is going to be an extremely enjoyable thing for everybody heading down Cape this weekend. We've got an action-packed show in store for you today. We're going to be joined by MFCC founder and creator Ryan Collins. We're then going to be joined by Sam Mullen of the Goose Hummock down in Orleans. Next up will be Captain Steve Leary of Wingman Charters. We'll then head down to Yarmouth to check in with Lee Brover and our friends down at Riverview Bait and Tackle. And last but not least, we'll head on out to Falmouth to check in with Evan Eastman of Eastman Sport and Tackle. During this podcast, we're going to discuss a wide variety of topics and species. We'll dive right into the black sea bass fishery that opened up last weekend. Ryan and I had a chance to get out yesterday and target those. We'll also talk about the red hot scup bite happening out in Buzzards Bay in Nantucket Sound. And we're obviously going to talk about the striper fishery, which has been red hot since the start of the season, dating all the way back really to the beginning of May here on Cape Cod. We'll cover Buzzards Bay, Vineyard Sound, Nantucket Sound, Cape Cod Bay, and so much more. So we really hope you enjoy this edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast, and let's dive right in. Well, up first on this week's edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast, as always, is proud MFCC founder and creator Ryan Collins. Ryan, how are you today? Doing great, Kevin. Just filleting some sea bass from our trip yesterday. That sounds lovely. I look forward to making a trip down there and, and getting a few hunks of that for myself. Let's start there. That's a good spot to start. We actually got a chance to get out on a boat together yesterday and do some fishing for for probably the first time in close to a year. Yeah, it's been a while. I think the last time we went out together might have been on the 12-foot aluminum boat off Plymouth last year when the pogey bite was happening so it was good to get back out on the water with you so we targeted sea bass yesterday and, and we were out with mfcc member bruno demir on his beautiful boat the gaviota and we departed from saquatucket you know early in the morning and it was pretty cool i'll let you tell the story from there but we ended up with a, a variety of different species on board we definitely did it was a nice mixed bag trip which bruno is famous for and pretty much the stretch from Hyannis all the way down to Mashpee. We covered a bunch of spots, and I was really impressed by Bruno yesterday. You know, he's got a good fish instinct. Started kind of close to a fleet of boats, but got the sense that we should move off on our own a little bit. And we started, Kevin, as you remember, when we were closer to that big fleet of boats that 
you know, included the Helen H and some of the party boats, we were catching some really big scup, you know, some of the biggest scup I've seen in a while. And then once Bruno decided to move a little west, we got into some beautiful sea bass and the sonar was just lit up. And as you know, it probably only took us maybe a, an hour and a half of fishing to limit out on sea bass. Yeah, and the other interesting part about, you know, our, I'll say our strategy that Captain Bruno put out there yesterday for, for you and I as his crew was we went from baiting our jigs to not baiting our jigs. And when we started to not bait our jigs, it seemed like we got a little bit larger quality of sea bass. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, and we stopped catching the scup almost immediately. So that's a good tip. But, I mean, the scup were so big that I would definitely devote a full day just to scup fishing right now. There's some really nice scup. And I'd imagine there's some big, big scup in Buzzards Bay as well. I haven't been out to try, but it's that time of year where you get some beautiful big scup in Buzzards Bay as well as over in the Sounds. And can we give a little bit of a tease? I know you probably haven't had a chance to review everything from yesterday's trip, but you had a camera down there among the scup as they were they were feeding on our baited jigs, didn't you? I sure did. I dropped the camera down to the bottom, and I reviewed the footage briefly, but I saw some beautiful schools of scup, beautiful schools of black sea bass. I've always wanted to get a shot of a camera laying on the bottom as a school of black sea bass passed by, and I think I got that yesterday, finally. And I also saw a really big, I believe, smooth dogfish, which is a small shark, swim right by the camera. And, of course, plenty of sea robins as well, which we caught some yesterday. Certainly was a great trip, productive, got home safe, and with a limit of sea bass, as you mentioned. So very much looking forward to my first sea bass dishes of the season. With the website, Ryan, I know it's been a busy week. You've been out fishing. You also had a chance to put up uh, a new podcast that we've put up with MFCC member Calvin Torin Sandlin. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? It was a, a great chat I had with him earlier this week. So there's certain members inside our forum who are definitely advanced anglers. You know, I've gotten to the point in my fishing career where I have a certain degree of knowledge, but there's a lot of people who just far exceed what I can create or offer on my own. And that's why we team up with people like Calvin is to provide that more advanced tutorial more advanced information about techniques, moon phases, tides, and surf casting, if you want it to be, it can be a very technical, strategic gig. Or it can just be go out and see what happens. Or anything in the middle between those two ends of the spectrum. So what we did with Calvin and what I see happening moving forward is every two weeks publishing a very in-depth tutorial advanced angler type podcast with Calvin because he has so much to offer, but also include a report of what he's been seeing the past few days, as well as a forecast of what he expects to come. And that's exactly what we just published yesterday. I thought he had a great conversation with him and it's live on the site. If you're a member of my fishing Cape Cod, you'll see it right now. May 25th surf casting report. Got a picture of Calvin with a beautiful fish that was probably over 35 pounds i know he's been fishing hard the past few nights and scratching up some really big stripers that's available and that's really um a focus for me moving forward 
especially throughout 2023, is trying to create more content for the more advanced anglers in our community. Because my fishing Cape Cod, everybody knows it's a great place to get started fishing, but I also want it to be an even better place to take your fishing game to the next level. And I know along those lines, you also have an idea coming up here. Um, I want want to give you a second to talk about that as well um, with Patrick Sabil. Yes, I've been having conversations with Patrick for probably a couple months now, trying to figure out a good way of providing exactly what we're talking about, Kevin. Patrick Sabil holds numerous IGFA world records. He's fished here extensively on Cape Cod, but also all around the world using all sorts of various techniques. And his mind with regards to equipment in particular is astounding. Talked to me for 30 minutes the other day about braided line and just enlightened me about so many aspects of braided line that I had never, ever even thought to consider. So right then and there, I said, Patrick, we've got to do something with you and my fishing Cape Cod to share your knowledge with our members. So Patrick and I are hashing this out, how it's got to work. Could be something similar to Calvin, where we have him on as a regular basis here on the podcast, maybe do some members-only videos. Talking specifically about fishing gear and fishing techniques for more advanced anglers to really get your game up to the level that a guy like Patrick Sabil is at. So stay tuned for that. I'm very excited about that. And I also understand uh, we have another exciting announcement that we're going to have Sportsport and Yarmouth joining our weekly podcast here. Yes, I've been talking to Amy over at Sportsport, and she's excited to hop on the podcast, contributing bi-weekly. I think it's awesome. Just another extension, another way to expand what we're offering here on MFCC. And I'm going to be talking to more bait shops and tackle shops even off Cape, because I know a lot of us, we fish Plymouth, we fish the South Shore, we fish Boston, we fish the North Shore, the islands, and, and Rhode Island. So even though we'll, we'll always be Cape Cod-based, we can still serve some of the members in our community who live and fish these other areas as well. And I also see you've got something on my fishing Rhode Island. Explain what that's about. That's exactly what I'm talking about, Kevin, is there's a lot of people here who summer on Cape Cod but live in Rhode Island. They fish both places. There's a big overlap in our membership there. So I'm going to create a sub forum for members, which is just you know a free bonus if if you want, as part of the membership for right now. My fishing Rhode Island, a sub forum that is specifically about fishing Rhode Island. I've got. About 100 members already who have expressed interest in joining this sub forum, and I've almost got it ready to go. I was hoping to get it ready to go for the spring season, but my goal now is to get it ready to go for summer. And it's just another attempt for me to add more value to the membership for those people who are here because of Cape Cod, but they also fish Rhode Island. So just another value add in more details to come. I hope to have it launched before summer. Awesome. And the last thing I want to hit on before I let you go, Ryan, is the virtual guide service. 
Yeah, sure. I'd love to talk about that for a minute. I get lots of requests from people who want a higher degree of service. Say, for example, they're planning a trip to Cape Cod. They want to make the most of their trip. They want to explore some new areas. They're looking for a level of information that maybe isn't available in the articles and in the videos, or maybe they don't feel like sifting through the vast database that we have of content. So this virtual guide service, if you're interested, I've done it before for a higher monthly fee. I'll work with you one-on-one, whether via phone call or email, to just help you take your fishing to the next level, to take your Cape Cod knowledge to the next level, or to actually plan trips for you and with you. And it's just a way of getting more of a one-on-one guide service, but virtually. I might not be able to be with everybody one-on-one on trips, but I'm more than happy to speak with you one-on-one to give you a better level of service. So if you're interested in that virtual guide service, just send an email to Ryan at myfishingcapecod.com, and we can take it from there. All right, Ryan, I'll let you get back to filleting those beautiful sea bass that we caught yesterday, but really appreciate you taking a break in that to chat with us here on the show, and we look forward to hearing from you next week. Looking forward to hearing the rest of the updates from everyone on the show today, and happy Memorial Day weekend. Well, next up on this week's edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is our good buddy Sam Mullen from down behind the counter at the beautiful Goose Hummock Shop in Orleans, Mass. Sam, how are you today? I'm great, Kevin. Uh, the, the weather's been beautiful, and I had another morning where I limited out on sea bass before work, so I'm pretty happy. The sea bass opened, Sam. I believe it was May 20th. We've got some new rules and regulations in terms of catch limit. Uh, size limit, I believe, is now 16 and a half inches. Uh, why don't you tell people what it's been like through the first three or four days of the sea bass fishery? Yeah, you know, the first two days, not many guys went because it was snotty weather, but uh, I went out there this morning. Boats were starting to definitely pile in around, uh, you know, the out of Bass River. There was uh, quite a few guys starting to go out, and, uh, you know, they're they're very aggressive. I saw a few squid uh, following my bucktails this morning and uh, yesterday morning as well. So there's plenty of squid on those, on the reefs and in the rock piles and, you know, pretty much all Nantucket Sound. And a lot of the fish are very healthy, and they got, you know, big fat tummies. So uh, it's going to be great for the dinner dinner table. How'd Absolutely. you guys do in terms of numbers? Did you guys limit out? Yep, limited out. Uh, about took us probably about an hour. It's great to go before work and uh, kind of de-stress yourself from a busy day. <laughs> and just to refresh everybody, the limit's four fish per person now, correct? Yes, four fish, not five fish anymore. And they bumped it up an inch and a half. So so it's quite a difference, you know, because I mean, like, you get a lot of those 15-inch fish that you would be able to keep last year. And you got to throw them back, which is good, you know, because it does definitely get hit hard the first two weeks but like i said it's just starting to get you know uh actually fished you know those you know the tire pile you know is obviously the the biggest one you know it's it's the most accessible it's a mile out of you know bass river so but uh there's a plenty of other spots you can hit though the school reef is another good one and you know and monomoy coming up too you can fish the rips so that'll be cool so the mouth of Bass River was productive for you. It's great to hear you limited out uh, with your crew this morning. Can you give us a little bit of detail in terms of what the tide was doing, maybe how much water you were in? Yeah, yeah. So it was uh, it was an incoming tide. Um, you know, they're not so so much tidal, you know, on the sound side. It's because it's only a, such a small tide. Um, you know, so it was just it was a good little chop. It was kind of nice and dead sticking, which was nice. Uh, it was north, been northeast, east the past two mornings, and uh 
tide was moving good though, you know, and uh, we were just you know dead sticking. Uh, actually, Ron Z's worked really well, and um, uh, what do you call it? We got the new squid tracks, and I, you know, I was like, oh yeah, it's the squid tracks and everything, but those baits work really, really, really well. I could not believe we were jigging them and and we were actually casting them out and uh, letting them sink and and slowly retrieving them and and i caught two on one uh two on one rig <laughs> that's awesome so you guys yeah. pretty much stuck to that you didn't use any uh like freshly dead bait or anything like that no we we stripped a few uh i had there's actually got these new ronzi kind of like a flare hawk uh bucktail jig and it had a paddle tail and i stripped it a few times with some squid and i got a few like 17 18 inches on that and that was great uh just kind of start the morning and i just wanted to kind of brush off the dust and you know get one and then uh but as the day went on i started using those squid tracks and the 110 uh size was cast and retrieving those and then dropping down the 130 size and uh, they have a brown speckle color that's it just looks like a squid in the water it's unbelievable and i was going to ask you know the size range of the fish sam did it fluctuate at all between using like freshly dead and artificial baits was yeah the small of the jigs that we were using we were catching definitely dinks Okay. Little small ones, you know, 10, 12 inch ones. But as I started to use the, the that bigger squid tracks, I was starting to get like, you know, 16 to, to almost 20 inch fish, which was great. And in terms of striped bass, Sam, I know the sea bass is going to dominate the conversation here over the next couple of weeks. And it's such a great, you know, table fare eating fish. But give me a, a quick synopsis of what you're hearing about striped bass over the past couple of weeks since we've chatted. Yeah, I mean, the striped bass fishery is is unbelievable that's why i feel like people haven't even been good targeting you know the sea bass and uh tog it's just you people have been catching such big fish you know not they're just going for fun you know because like you said the table fare the sea bass is well uh, you know dominant over everything else which is great that's what i like to do but if you want to have a nice fun afternoon catching 40 plus inch bass on top water and then you know trolling deep diving plugs and vertical jigging that you'll have a ball and Cape Cod Bay is, is still on fire. So, so in, in terms of Cape Cod Bay, let's focus on that for just a second. Um, what are you hearing in terms of shore opportunities in Cape Cod Bay? Pretty much. I mean, anywhere on the, you know, from Dennis area and the, I mean, the flats, you fish at night, you know, and you fish on creeks on an outgoing tide. And there's just so, there's still so many herring. The herring is just unbelievable which is just great to see, you know, that it's actually coming back. And it was struggling there for a few years, but so there's just so much of that. So that's your best night bait, you know, and then, um, you know, any kind of onshore wind, you know, just using pencil poppers is so much fun. And then just using uh, swimming plugs, like SB minnows and the Schwarters and stuff like that, and hydro minnows from Yozuri at night, you know, it's like a sure thing almost, you know. Are you guys hearing about any mackerel in the bay? Yeah, there's there's a good amount of mackerel around, you know, the Sassuot area to the fingers and being able to, you know, just get them on Sabiki and, and live line on those. But yeah, like I said, it's the bass bite's so good, you wouldn't even bother trying to even live line. It's, you know, save your time and, and just uh, vertical jig and getting to some really deep water uh is is fantastic and then uh and then using uh deep divers you know has been has been wicked effective which is nice for the family you know you get two deep divers out and you no casting no nothing and it's yep. pretty it's pretty fun you know it's yep pretty, and, and i know one other thing that i always like to start asking about it might be a little too early but a lot of the guys in the shop right employees and customers like to you know surf cast the Nosset area have, have you heard any fish in that area as of yet 
No, no. Fish are starting to pour into the cove and into Nauset Marsh and area like that. So there's fish out front, but there's nothing in size, you know. I mean, they, we haven't heard anything. And I, I like to fish that not until really till June because, I mean, I'm fishing that pretty much for the rest of the year. So when I can enjoy the bay and, and have such a good fishery, I just stick with that, you know, because by the time, you know, late June, early July, the bay starts to kind of push out. The fish start to push out more towards, you know, Plymouth. And then obviously that's when the backside truly you know, heats up and acts like the outer cape of what it has been for the many years ago, and it's been fantastic, you know, so. Well, I'm, I'm marking it down in my little journal here that our next visit will happen in the beautiful month of June, so I'll make sure to ask about it again, and, and hopefully fish show up in numbers in that area, because I know it's an area, you know, like I mentioned, not only uh, do a lot of the guys at the shop, but a lot of the customers love to fish that area from shore. Absolutely. It's been such a hot ticket the past few years. And I, I have just moved to Orleans uh, two years ago and I'm a two minute drive from the shop and two minutes from Nassau beach. So I, it's, it's the most convenient thing. And I'll probably maybe even uh, do it when I get my outer beach sticker this weekend, I might go out there and even just go chunking and have some few beers and see what can, uh, I can strike up for a bite, you know? So I'm sure there'll be fish down there, and, and it'll be a you know a great summer ahead uh, fishing the Outer Cape beaches. Well, you mentioned Memorial Day weekend, and you know getting the beach sticker, getting everything kind of open up for the season. What's going on at the Goose for Memorial Day weekend in terms of you got any specials going on? Anything new you want to talk about? Uh, just those those squid tracks. We got a ton of them in, and if you want to catch some sea bass, I would buy those before they start to fly off the shelf. And then uh, and then those also those Ron Z flare hawk jigs. Those are new. For bronzy and we just got them in too so we're just hanging them on the shelf and they, those things are fantastic it's about two and a half ounces and uh very easy to use and uh, they'll probably be great for striped bass too so all right sam we'll let you go enjoy the rest of your memorial day week hopefully you get some time to yourself this weekend and we look forward to catching up with you in another couple weeks absolutely sounds great kev great talking to you well, next up on this week's edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is our good buddy Steve Leary of Wingman Charters. Steve, how are you on this beautiful day? I'm doing really great sitting on my deck in West Barnstable enjoying the uh, somewhat autumn chill in the year, but uh, knowing the fishing's great, I can't wait to get back out there. Next year, I'll be booking much earlier than I typically do. I usually start my charters uh, Memorial Day weekend, as do a lot of the charter captains, but I w- I've been in the big fish for three weeks now in the bay. Uh, my boat's being re-engined down to Goose Hummock with new Suzuki's. I was blessed to have the connections there with Phil to get me on the Suzuki Charter Captain program. So that'll be done this week, but I've been running another boat. Three trips were out there, total of eight hours. Wow. Just hunting, uh, landed 50 fish between 28 and 48 inches, all on live mackerel. That's amazing. Are the mackerel hard to find or easy to find? Uh, uh, first couple trips, they were everywhere. They're getting a little, they're moving around quite a bit, but you know, we're still early in the season, so things are still setting up. But, um, by far I've been fishing the bay 30 years of the best spring I've ever had. Well, that, that's great to hear. And, and the size and class of these fish, you know, for the time of year that we're in, it seems to be those, you know, those giant fish, those breeders that we call them seem to right. have arrived a little bit earlier. Yeah. I'll tell you what, um, even the small, the big fish, these these girls and boys have been working out over the winter. They are not skinny. I recall a couple of years ago, I caught my first bass. It was 47 inches at, at Billingsgate Shoal on the live mac. And the thing was, was maybe mid-20 pounds. These fish are full of energy and all bulked up. 
healthy, just in phenomenal good shape. So other than live mackerel, uh, which obviously seems to be your preferred method for what's going on right now, uh, are there any other techniques or methods that you know folks could use maybe if they can't find mackerel uh, to target these Absolutely. fish? Absolutely. Um, we've also had fish. Uh, the first day we went out was a great day, nonetheless. There was just cows and slobs rolling on the surface, maybe a few miles offshore, and we could we were trolling them and hooking them up, and we were casting. Um, I always. Uh, I never leave the dock if I'm going to troll. I never leave the dock without having top water rods available. My setups always have a dock on them, and I've had great success with the, uh, the Sabeel band of anglers flying wide backs, casting them to the bass, nailing them. When we see them down deep, we've been dropping uh, Ron Z's, the 8 or 10 inch length, depending on the current and how deep I am, they eating them as well. And for years, I just adopted the practice of using my Sabiki rigs with 40-pound main line. They're constructed of heavier gauge uh, line and case. And so I hang a uh, A27 diamond jig on the bottom of it. And I've been catching big bass on that jig until the max. They come up and eat the diamond jig. So it's pretty, it's pretty tough to miss when you get into the fish. So have you noticed any patterns, Steve, um, from the time out on the water this spring with this group of fish that have migrated up here in terms of, you know, are they more active earlier in the day, later in the day, specific tides that you're fishing from boat, anything that you can share with the membership? Absolutely. Uh, most of the fish were caught in the afternoon, full sunshine, on a dropping tide. That's very think, interesting you know, to hear. Yeah, really. <laughs> uh, very interesting. Um I've learned over the years, you know, work all the charter captains and, you know, being out there and learning on my own. I take a lot of records for good days and bad days. And I'm back and review them that I'm, you know, no matter how good a boat you have or how good a gear you have, you have to be able to know where the fish are to catch them. And understanding the tides and the movement of the fish is very important to do on that. I taught a course um, at Cape Cod Community College, just went there, to my surprise, the very first course in fishing in 35-year history down there. And it was a six-week course, um, fishing Cape Cod Bay and beaches. And a third of the course was dedicated to understanding the tides, which way the tide moves at high, a coming tide, a dropping tide, uh, peak currents in the tide cycle, because striped bass love current. They're going to be where the current is. So that, by far, has made me a much better and consistent fisherman. And I pass that along to my all my customers and my students at the college, which was great. And uh, my, my, a tip of the hat to Ryan again. He wasn't able to come in and speak, but he certainly took care of the, my last spring class. Um, very generous with his time and support. One, one other thing, you know, I, you mentioned the tides. Um, have you noticed, and I don't want you to burn your spots, right, but um, have you noticed these fish kind of setting up shop in certain areas, or have they been moving around on you? Uh, they're in my the usual spots I find them in in the spring. Uh, anytime, any place is structure, and structure to a striped bass can be a one-foot undulation sandbar. If the current's running from uh, east to west, they're going to line up on the west bump there, just waiting for the bait to be trolled over. A, a good a, a good area that's always consistent is Gordon Creek with the ledges in there. Just know which way the current moving, and you'll find where the fish are sitting. And I know spots all the way from Billingsgate Shoal all the way across. So if I'm filling, if I'm fishing Billingsgate Shoal on a drop in tide on the south side, as the tide gets lower and lower, I I keep running east with the tide. I know where there's other 
structure areas all the way up to the canal where the fish just set up in. Typically set up in there. There's days they don't. But. Now, one thing I wanted to, to work in here to our conversation was once the, the charter season really heats up for you, you know, Memorial Day weekend's kind of the unofficial start of the summer and, and folks really right. start to flood down and your boat gets back in the water, uh, how will your strategy change at all, if at all, when, when we flip the calendar into June? The other important thing I learned um, about currents and tides is the moons. If you're going to fish Cape Cod, you want to fish the June moons, both the, the full moon and the new moon. Um, you know, a lot of people didn't know, but, you know, the east of the Cape, the, the average tide swing is three feet. You get in Cape Cod Bay, the average tide fish, the average tide swing is 10 feet. So uh, from low to high in a normal tide, billions and billions of gallons of water come and go out of uh, Cape Cod Bay. A lot of current there. And when the moons are there, obviously, the tides are higher. I mean, the, the, the bounds of Cape Cod Bay don't stretch, but the current has to be faster to get that water out of there in a six-hour, roughly a six-hour time period. So the currents are great around uh, the new and full moon. And another thing I wanted to touch on with you, Steve, is the new slot limit. You know, how that will affect your business and your customers who might be looking to take, you know, a fish home for the table. Yeah, I, I mentioned what a great spring we're going to have in our, those over 50 fish. I think less than a half dozen of them fit into the slot. The rest are too big. But I don't have a problem with that. I, I remember years ago we would fish, and we it was early scraping to find 24 to 26-inch fish. And I guess it's that year class now has grown up, and those are the big ones coming through here now. So there's ups and downs about it. The um, 80% of my clients are catch release anyway, so it, it, um, it won't affect us. But some people come, they want to take home the fish, and we'll have to work our best to get the slot fish. And along those lines, Steve, how can folks get in touch with you if they're looking to book a charter? And, um, you know, are you all sold out for the season already? No, I'm not. I Thank you for asking that. I'm on the pro staff at Goose Hummock Shop, so my all my contact info is there. I'm on Instagram at Wingman Sport Fishing. I do have openings around the June moons. I don't typically... I typically fish one charter a day to target the right tide cycle. But on the new, on the moons, where the currents and the flows are so big, I do two a day. So I have some openings of both the new and full moon in June. That's great to hear. And do you have a website as well, Steve? Uh, yes, wingmansportfishing.com. Perfect. And that's another way that I'm sure folks can kind of keep tabs on what's going on with the wingman and also get in touch uh, you know, via the website should they want to book a charter. Um, exactly, yeah, for sure. We really appreciate you joining the, the podcast, Steve. It was great to have you back on the show, and I'm hopeful that we can do this again a couple more times before the season runs out if we can fit it into your busy charter schedule. I, I'll make sure it fits in my schedule, Kevin. Thanks so much for having me. Well, up next on this week's edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is our good buddy Lee Boisvert from down behind the counter at beautiful Riverview Bait and Tackle in Yarmouth. Lee, how are you today? Very good. It's been a, a great week. It's been a little bit breezy. Uh, we got a little bit of a north wind today that's kicking up Cape Cod Bay. How are things down your way? Yeah, keeping some peop people off the water, but they're in shopping and and preparing for tomorrow. So since we last spoke, Lee, we've had a very exciting development. We've had the opening of sea bass season back on May the 20th. Uh, what's that been like for you in the shop, and what are you hearing you know, from your customers? Well, it's uh, certainly happening. Uh, uh, very big volume.
volume of fish, uh, especially in this area. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of picking to to get, though they're good size, but uh, you're getting a, a majority of sublegal. Um, I did go out uh, with my wife on Saturday, and we probably had towards 100 fish before we got our uh, limit. And uh, that's off the uh, the reef off Bass River. Were you on the, uh, is it called the Tire Reef, Lee? Is that where you were fishing? Well, it's, it's known as the Tire Reef because that's what it was initially constructed with, but it has now been uh, added to, augmented with... Uh, uh, multiple times, at least a good half dozen times of uh, concrete and uh, different uh, construction that way, the debris that uh, is giving it a lot more structure out there, and it's really holding fish well. And when, when you were fishing in that area, Lee, were you baiting your jigs to have success, or were you dropping them down unbaited? No, we're, we're baiting with squid especially. Um the other thing, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of fish are eating crabs, and uh, that certainly would be a uh, viable bait, uh, even for bigger fish. And do you do you guys lead down at Riverview still have green crab? Yes, we do. Well, that's good to know. I've had um, you know a little bit of a dry spell up here in the the Greater Plymouth area where I live, Lee. I tried to pick some up the other day. Uh, I struck out two different places and ended up giving up. So it's great to know that you guys down at Riverview still have some stock. Mm-hmm. And and how about eels as well? I know guys for striper fishing will be starting to look at those as well. Yeah, eels are uh, certainly in stock now. Not too many people use them, but guys who know are certainly doing it uh, uh, in all these estuaries, uh, you know, during the nighttime or, you know, normal low light times. In Lee, in terms of the striper fishery, you mentioned we're getting into the summer bite where guys will start to use eels. Um, but what are you hearing in terms of a striper report over the last week or so since we spoke? Um, I'm certainly hearing stuff all around. Uh, bigger fish in Cape Cod Bay, um, though there are keepers mixed in on the south side here. They're... Uh, there's a bigger bigger mass of fish in Cape Cod Bay of size, particularly uh, the Billingsgate Shoal area and and boat trolling, uh, uh, a lot of XP minnow, uh, X-Raps, those, uh, uh, the Rapalas, so... Now, Lee, on the on the south side, you mentioned, um, you know, the, the class fish might not be quite as big, but I just wanted to ask you about that area. Um, you know, in terms of folks coming down, uh, Memorial Day is a big weekend, and folks are going to be not only opening up houses but getting boats in the water. And, and for some of those folks, they'll be poking around for the very first time this year. Um, if you had to give some tips to folks – you know, off the south side, you know, um, you know, Vineyard Sound, Nantucket Sound, uh, folks that'll be kind of cruising around for the very first time looking to catch stripers uh, this weekend. Could you give some advice to those folks on, you know, kind of areas to hit, but also what they would want to pick up if they were coming into Riverview? Well, uh, certainly not just stripers. There are bluefish out here. Uh, um, not as much volume into the eastern end of the sound, but... Uh, 
There's uh, stripers on structure, be it uh, bishop and clerics or in closer at Great Island. Uh, Monomoy. Monomoy is, is uh, active, uh, smaller fish. haven't heard of a lot of bigger fish, but there is uh, striper action down at uh, the Rips uh, Handkerchief and, and such down at Monomoy. I haven't heard the outside rips being active, uh, but warmer water on the in, inshore rips of inside Nantucket Sound. These fish in the rips, I'm curious, have you heard at all what they're eating? Is it squid or sand eels? Oh, it's a far majority squid gotcha. down, down that way. Uh, uh, Monomoy as well. Is, is a squid haven. <laughs> any any squid imitation is a great item down there. And that's what I was going to ask for you guys at Riverview, kind of what you offer to those type of fishermen that may be looking to throw stuff into those rips. What can they pick up in the shop? Um, um, squid, uh, squid imitations, be it flies, be it uh, uh, we make uh, shell squids up that you drift into the rips, uh, and, and, and a variety of different laws on that idea the usury uh squids uh, <clears throat> and again back to the rapalas those are always a, a good item not that they're squid but uh, uh like i say uh, the squid flies on lead core line gets it down a little bit into the rips uh that's uh that's extremely popular these last few years and very productive and Lee, I just wanted to ask you too as well about have we reached the point in the calendar where guys have kind of made that flip from freshwater to saltwater? Or are there folks still freshwater fishing that come into the shop? No, they're very much freshwater fishing. Uh, I wouldn't say there's been a, a flip yet. No, uh, still cool out and uh, a lot of people freshwater. Can you give us a, a good idea of what guys are, are looking at, you know, with the kettle pond bite? Um, it's it's a bite that gets ignored a little bit with all the saltwater opportunities, but what are guys targeting this time of year, and what are they picking up when they come in the shop? Just a whole variety of uh, uh, bass lures. Uh, you know, the, yeah, the trout is quieted down, but uh, uh, anything from the, the shiners and, and worms for different people, but uh, definitely going through a lot of shiners. Um, and then haven't heard, haven't been selling as much on the plastics as much as the hard baits and the uh, uh, jerk baits and, and starting on spinner, spinner baits, but not, not quite yet. All right, Lee, thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. I'm sure the shop is humming. What are the hours for the store as we head into this Memorial Day weekend? basically seven to five daily awesome thanks lee for joining the show we always appreciate it and we'll look forward to catching up with you or mac in another couple of weeks okay thank you well next up on this week's edition of the my fishing cape cod podcast is our good friend evan eastman of eastman sport and tackle down in beautiful falmouth evan how are you today i'm doing great thanks kevin how about yourself I'm doing well, a little under the weather. I either got some, you know, spring pollen allergies or maybe a little bit of a cold, but I, I think that's been kind of going around with everybody with all this pollen blowing off the trees. Yeah, it's really 
crazy. I mean, every single car that pulls into the shop is just covered in pollen. And so, yeah, it's been crazy. So let's start uh, with Falmouth proper. Um, I want to ask you a little bit about the surf casting report uh, over the last couple of weeks since we've last spoke, Evan. Uh, last time when we chatted on your first visit of the season, we gave folks a little bit of a tour around the greater Falmouth area up through New Seabury, up toward Pompanesset. Uh, we have a lot of surf casting members here at My Fishing Cape Cod. Uh, can you give everybody a bit of a surf casting look as to what's been going on down there over the last couple of weeks? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, the one thing I will say is that because the canal has been so good, a lot of my guys who regularly fish the south side have been making the trek up that way. But um, depending on the tide, the fishing has been pretty good. I mean, you know, you're going to be getting into some slot and overslot fish. Um, definitely some schoolies as well. But, um, you know, the canal's just been really, really good. So, um, but, you know, the one thing that some people are running into, and it really depends, you know, the, you know, like say the beginning of an incoming tide might be a little difficult because of uh, how much mong is around the south side but there are certainly parts of the tide you can fish to, to kind of get, avoid a lot of it and at times guys have been resorting to throwing uh surface plugs just to kind of you know avoid some of the some of the mung on the surface but you know there's definitely been consistent fishing schoolies up inside the salt ponds on both sides of falmouth um whether that's gray pond green pond orange pond and then you know i've been fishing consistently way up inside of West Falmouth Harbor and there's the schoolies up in there too. Um, so, you know, the fishing's been good. It, it's been a little struggle at times with the weeds, but, um, you know, I think moving forward here as we go into June, I think it's going to remain really good. Um, I just started to carry eels. And so I know some, some guys are going to be looking to, to utilize those here soon. So, um, you know, I've, as the, the calendar turns, I think the fishing is going to stay really good. Well, it's good to hear Eastman Sport and Tackle is is getting stocked up with eels because we're getting to that time of the year where, you know, we're in the summer and, and folks start to make that change, right, from the artificial lures, um, the topwater baits, you know, to the eels. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you about, Evan, um, something that just popped into my mind when concerning the weed if you go to try to fish, like you said, some of the inner harbors, estuaries, the salt ponds, I know are a big fan favorite down there. Do you escape some of that weed um, or is it still kind of making its way in there as well? Yeah, it really depends on where, you know, there's definitely a lot of fish farther up inside the salt ponds and the farther up you go, the less weeds there are. It's really seemingly to concentrate around the entrance points um, and you know, it seems like after, you know, a few hours of the tide, a lot of that will get sucked up in and clear up some of those, those entry entry points. But, yeah, if you're looking completely, you know, there's definitely fish um, up inside, you know, whether that's the Buzzards Bay side of Falmouth or the south side of Falmouth. It seems like the farther, farther up you go, the less weeds you're dealing with. And, and one other question I had on, on those areas that, you know, folks could potentially fish here to avoid the wind in, in the weed, how does it differ, right, from what you're using to try to target fish maybe in the salt ponds, uh, maybe up in an estuary or a creek, um, as opposed to, let's say, you know, being out in your waders in open water surf casting. Is there any difference as to what you'd kind of pack in your tackle bag or use? Yeah, I mean... In years past, 
you know, a lot of the fishing done way up inside is, you know, primarily schoolies, you know. So if I know if I'm targeting primarily schoolies, everything's sized down, mostly topwater stuff, you know, because it's obviously super fun to catch them that way, but um, it's also very effective. So, you know, if I'm fishing inside of, way up inside of West South Harbor, I'm almost exclusively throwing surface plugs, whether that's like a small jumping minnow, one of those uh, junior um, super small ones, um, or, you know, you, and occasionally I'll throw like a little um, curl-tailed grub, like a white one with a grub head. Um, if I do find that I want a subsurface um, approach to catching them, but it's primarily surface stuff. And then, you know, on the outside, um, I just listened to Calvin's podcast, so, you know, if you're into uh, surf casting, I would definitely give that a listen. But, you know, more often than not, he's, you know, you're dealing with more wind on the outside. So you want something to, you know, punch through the wind and can get down um, subsurface. So on the outside, more of, uh, you know, heavier plugs, more bucktails. And on the inside, more surface plugs and everything seems to be sized down a little bit. Awesome. Now let's flip the switch a little bit and we'll talk a little bit about the boat bite. That's something that you've had a chance to do a little bit more this year. I know it's tough running the bait shop and, and with all the demands on your time there, but it sounded like the last time we spoke, you had a, a decent opportunity so far this spring and into the early part of the summer to get out on the boat. I know we talked a lot about Vineyard Sound and Middle Ground the last time we visited. Give us an update on, on how the fishing is over in, in Vineyard Sound. Yeah, the fishing's been absolutely fantastic. I've been to Middle Ground four times in the last week, uh, mostly after work, but I was able to get out there early yesterday morning, and it's been pretty consistent with, you know, 30 to 35-inch fish. Um, fr last Friday, I did really well. Got like eight or nine uh, mid-30-inch si uh, mid size fish. Um, same thing, I went out on Sunday, and then yesterday get out there at 6 a.m. and uh, probably lost count after 20 fish, but it was pretty much every cast. Once I found where the fish were holding on the rip, I was throwing an amber-colored popper, the hoagie popper, um, and it seemed like every time I got it into this one spot, you know, I, I, was, I was hooked up. So um, a lot of weeds at middle ground. That's why I prim primarily would like to, you know, throw surface plugs there. You know, trying to throw something subsurface, whether it's a soft plastic paddle tail and a posse jig, it's been it's been a challenge just because of the mung and the weeds there. But man, the surface bite's been fantastic. Um, so b before the turn of the tide yesterday, I zipped over from um, middle ground to hedge fence, and there was tons of action there. Um, tons of turns, caught about eight or nine fish in twenty minutes, and they were all relatively small there there was sub 28 inch fish but there was no shortage of them pretty sure they were feeding on sand eels but one of them i caught had, had spit up some baby squid so um so then after that i zipped back to middle ground uh waited for the tide to turn and then it was about 11 from like 11 11 30 was the first part of that uh incoming tide and you know it's the same same thing pretty much a lot more boat traffic there but you know i was still getting you know the popper in the rip and, um, yeah, it was a really good day. Certainly a day I'll remember in January when I'm doing inventory and it's 20 degrees out. Uh, it was an awesome day in the water yesterday. 
Now, are you hearing reports too, Evan, of any bigger fish moving into the area, or do you think we still have to wait a little bit into June for some maybe really, I'll say, class-quality fish to move into those areas? Well, you know, actually, um, one of my customers, he's probably, the, I would say, the most experienced fisherman who's uh, not a professional fisherman. He's been doing it for 40 years. He's out in the water almost every day. He's been doing really well in Woods Hole, casting um the wonder bread colored and uh, you know you can call it a couple different things but that uh, multicolored uh bomber and he's been getting you know m- mid to high slot fish and over slot fish there uh so he's been doing really well there and i know that guys you know fishing a little bit deeper um you know i've seen some guys jigging wire off a of west chop but i know there's some bigger fish on the bottom than are feeding in the rips so um, I definitely talked to a handful of guys who have been jigging wire, whether it's middle ground woods hole or in buzzards Bay, um, they're, they've been jigging up some pretty good fish. So I th- I do think there's going to be a push of bigger fish coming through. Um, but right now, if you're, if you're looking to target some really nice mid thirties, 30 inch size fish, um, you know, middle ground is pretty much the place to be. And then, you know, Woods Hole is, is loaded as well. It's the unofficial start to summer for a lot of folks here on the mm. Cape. Um, if you had to give some advice to folks, uh, maybe looking to target some of these fish for the first time this year, uh, or maybe they're coming in t- to Eastman's Sport and Tackle and, uh, you know, looking to pick up a few things um, to maybe make their first striper trip of the season successful. Um, any advice you would give to those folks that just – really haven't been a part of the fishery yet that might be diving in headfirst this weekend? For sure. Um, So, you know, if they're boat fishing for striped bass, there's primarily squid on the south side. So um, I myself and I, you know, seeing yesterday, almost everybody I saw fishing had an amber-colored lure. So whether that's a popper, whether that's a spook, um, I personally have been fishing the popper recently and just, it's been so successful. I really haven't had a reason to change. Um, so that's something I would focus on, you know, in years past, obviously we, a lot of people using paddle tails and, and things of that nature, but you know, just the, with the current environment, the way it is, you're just really going to want to present something on the surface. Um, if you're interested in, you know, maybe you're a beginner, you might want to go over to a uh, hedge fence, um, throw in some epoxy jigs because it's super easy. You're going to catch a lot of fish. There's going to be less boat traffic um, and there's no shortage of fish over there. So I might, you know, basically when I go out, I have one rod with a popper, one rod with an epoxy jig and depending on, you know, where I am, it's going to dictate what I throw. Um, And also, you know, we've been talking about striped bass so far, but uh, sea bass kicked off last Saturday, fluke on Sunday. Um, I know the guys over the past week have done really well catching sea bass um, at the wrecks off of Oak Bluffs. I mean, there's a number of different places you can get them in Vineyard Sound. Um, in Buzzards Bay, it's had them as well. So, you know, if you're looking for, you know, something that you can do with a family that's easy, relatively speaking, uh, and a lot of fun, and obviously sea bass are very tasty, that's something that you could do. And, you know, I, we tie our own sea bass rigs. So we recommend those, but we got a number of different style of rigs. We got some uh, some j- metal jigs, uh, some bucktails, and certainly point you in the right direction for sea bass. Um, and then if you're going to be fishing on the Buzzards Bay side of things, there's been a lot more pogies over there. 
So I would probably have um, a bone colored spook, you know, if I was fishing in Upper Buzzards Bay, um, whether that's the docks, you know, you get the Hoagie Dog Walker, the um, Daddy Mac A Bomb, things of that nature, uh, the Head and Super Spook, something like that is what I would throw if you can find those uh, Pogi schools. Um, there's been a lot more bluefish in Buzzards Bay than on the south side of Falmouth, so you might run into some bluefish over there. So um, because of that, I'd probably avoid using soft plastics and, and focus on the hard baits that have a rattle, uh, whether that's a surface plug or a swimming plug. And the last thing I wanted to ask you about, Evan, is with the holiday weekend coming up, you know, can you clue us in on the store hours for the shop? For sure. Uh, tomorrow, uh, Friday, we're going to be open 8 to 6 p.m., uh, 7 to 6 on Saturday, 7 to 6 on Sunday. And, uh, yeah, it looks like the weather's going to be good. Certainly, the Cape is going to be very busy. Uh, there should be a lot of boats out there fishing, too. So, um, anticipate, you know, some really good fishing this weekend, you know, whether you're targeting sea bass, scup, uh, striped bass, bluefish. seems like everything's around, and, yeah, we'll be open for everything you need. All right, Evan, thanks so much for sharing a little bit of your week with us. It's always a treat talking to you, and we'll look forward to catching up on our next visit in a couple of weeks in June. All right, thanks, Kevin. I really appreciate your time, and have a great weekend. My thanks to Evan Eastman of Eastman Sport and Tackle down in beautiful Falmouth, Massachusetts, for joining us on this week's show. And I just want to take a moment to thank all of our guests that took time out of their busy Memorial Day week schedules to join today's program, starting with MFCC founder and creator Ryan Collins, Sam Mullen of the Goose Hummock Shop, Captain Steve Leary of Wingman Charters, Lee Boisvert from Riverview Bait and Tackle, and last but not least, Evan Eastman of Eastman Sport and Tackle. What an action-packed show we had in store for you today. The program was chock full of a lot of tasty tidbits and information that should help everybody be successful when fishing this Memorial Day weekend. So hopefully, let me be one of the first to wish you and yours a happy and healthy, safe Memorial Day weekend here on Cape. From everybody here at My Fishing Cape Cod, happy Memorial Day 2023. And that's going to put the wraps on this edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast brought to you by Cape and Islands Mitsubishi and Cape Codder Boats. And this is your host, Kevin Collins, signing off. And until we chat again next week, tight lines and take care. Thanks for tuning in to the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast. For the latest local news, information, and fishing reports, be sure to log on to MyFishingCapeCod.com. From all of us at My Fishing Cape Cod, tight lines and take care.